Greetings, everyone, and welcome to another episode of The Critical Podcast. I am your host, Jimmy Good, and thank you so much for joining me this week. I know it might seem a little bit strange because I've only done this once before where I don't have another guest with me, but don't worry, we're going to have a great time. Joe's out sick, and I wish him a speedy recovery. Either way, let's get into it. I got a little bit of news this week. We used to do news in the past, and I haven't done it in a while, and I feel like I want to kind of get into that just a little bit if it's going to be just me. Some stuff I'm interested in, kind of rumory stuff, so take it with, you know, that grain of salt that everybody tells you to take it with, or maybe a heaping handful. I don't know. You, you take it however you like. Either way, let's start with this. Sounds like there's a chance that that lovely Wolverine, he's right, Wolverine, right here, Wolverine will eventually obviously be in the MCU, but will be appearing first in an upcoming Avengers film. Now, there's been some kind of, um, there's like a tweet that was going around kind of giving and alluding to his tie, not only potentially to the Savage Land, but also to maybe Black Panther with Shuri, things like that. If that's true, uh, I think it would be excellent. There have already been, you know, plenty of mutants in a sense, to some degree, within the Avengers or the MCU. They just haven't been able to call them that, because for those unaware, the term mutant was owned by Fox before, you know, Disney acquired Fox. Now they can use that term because they used to call them enhanced. If you go back and watch Age of Ultron, when Scarlet Witch and more so Quicksilver, when they um, attack the Avengers in the beginning of that film, Captain America says, we have enhanced in the field. So they just kind of can tweak that term, you know, and just call it mutants. I, you know, I applauded the fact that they actually could find a workaround with that in the first place. Because I was like, what are you guys going to call them? But that's totally fine with me. I'm really excited because I've been wanting to see the X-Men get into the MCU. I think one of the things for someone who grew up watching these films and enjoying the cartoon shows, uh, I, I was always like, it was kind of frustrating to see them not be part of the MCU. And you, like you have such great actors portraying these characters in the Fox, you know, series and franchise and just saying like, oh, I just wish, I wish so badly, you know, Hugh Jackman could go over there, uh, you know, into the MCU stuff. And he really wanted to do that. However, I will say that, uh, and I have gone on probably on record saying this in the past, I don't think, you know, trying to recreate that version of Wolverine is a smart idea. I think it would be kind of more fun to do more of a comic accurate one, maybe uh, a little more gruff a little more, you know, hey, bub, you know, kind of that, you know, he's kind of hunched over, kind of a shorter guy, really kind of, um, kind of squat. Uh, and that's definitely not Hugh Jackman ripped for sure. Hugh Jackman totally is. But uh, he, the guy's, I mean, he's gorgeous, right? He's just, oh, man, he's, he's fire. Oh, man, they, they could have cast him as Human Torch, you know, Sam? Okay, anyway, uh, but I would love to see the, you know, Wolverine in the Avengers as a part of the Avengers, because as even I think Hugh Jackman said in the past, Wolverine is kind of this um, inversions of Wolverine, not usually in the movies so much all the time. Occasionally he is, but he's kind of, uh, he's got a short fuse or he's kind of an unknown element. And it's kind of like the Avengers are a ticking time bomb, which they've alluded to back in the first Avengers, but putting Wolverine into that mix, I think would be lovely. I would, I would love to see that. I really would. And I think him playing off of the, the Avengers who are still around would be still really sweet. And it still gives me so much hope. And you can't see it. But I've got two tins up there. It's Wolverine and Hulk. Just make that versus movie. Or just make even just one fight between them. That would make me so happy. Oh, please, Marvel. Please do it. Please. Oh. Uh, but I, I can't wait to see that. And, you know, kind of tying him in potentially with Black Panther and all that stuff. That could work. I think that's another thing. I, I've kind of talked about, and I think other people have spoken about as well, is that maybe the Fantastic Four would be introduced 
in a way like that or tied to them because I think Black Panther was originally introduced in Fantastic Four. I could be totally off. I have not gone back. And I haven't read these comics ever before. It's just information I've heard. And uh, But they can tweak that stuff, change it, as long as it all fits and meshes nicely together. But I'm really excited, you know, for the Fantastic Four to a degree, but more so for the X-Men to show up because not only my boy Wolverine, but if we can really find a way to tweak it somehow to get Magneto in there, please. Oh, we need him so bad and I just would love to have it because you can even it could be something where uh you know with Wanda and Pietro um you know because they were like from Sokovia you can even have it be as simple as they were adopted you know when they were really young and they never knew their real biological parents and that's actually Magneto that's the real hope for me personally and I know there's been some uh, people asking or kind of hoping for Quicksilver that was in the other like actual X-Men films to kind of make the transition over because thanks to Scarlet Witch and her powers of kind of reality bending, anything is possible. So just keep that in mind. So if you've ever loved something or, uh, you know, something from a different property that's like Marvel related, there's always the chance it could show up in one of these films in one way or another. And now they're doing more of those Elseworld stories like that cartoon show that's coming up for Disney Plus. So Anything could happen, really, anything, in a sense. I don't know if that means it's all going to be, like, one day it could be live action. I'm not sure. Will they do Marvel Zombies? Who knows? Uh, I'm, I'm sure they're testing the waters for it. Either way, I'm really excited about that because I think that's really cool. The other big thing that sounds a little more concrete, at least for now, because all that Wolverine stuff could be subject to change, uh, it sounds like we are getting closer to figuring out what that Rocksteady game is that they've been working on for so long. Now, for people who don't know, uh, I like Batman a lot. I also really enjoy his rogues gallery. I also really enjoy a lot of DC villains and superheroes. And as you can see by good old Deathstroke on the back there. Um, it was painted by one of our Legionnaires. Thank you, Anna. But I want to say this. If they are really working on the game that people are talking about, it's really interesting and exciting. So the game that it's kind of been swirling around for a long time is that they're working on not another Batman game, not another Superman game, or just a Superman game in general, but a Suicide Squad game. Back in the past, there's Rocksteady and there's like WB Montreal that were making Batman games. And WB Montreal, you guys probably remember them from making the Arkham Origins game, which wasn't, it was part of that group of the Arkham games, but it wasn't, you know, Arkham Asylum, Arkham City, or Arkham Knight. But it's still a great game in its own right. It's got some amazing, it's got some pretty cool boss fights. Deathstroke being probably one of my favorite boss fights in almost any game. Also, I'm just a big Deathstroke fan. But even in the Batman games, he's up there with like Mr. Freeze from Arkham City. But it was such a cool thing and it kind of alluded at the end of that game to setting up a Suicide Squad game. For a while, it sounded like WB Montreal was working on that. And then it guess it didn't manifest or it got canceled or whatever else. But that doesn't mean that, that those assets that they created weren't used or the ideas of the stories weren't going to be, you know, kept for further use. You guys know I love Disney, and this happens all the time with Disney projects where they have an idea and then they're like, oh, we got to scrap this. But then they reuse it or kind of remake it down the line into something else. And you can kind of see like where the concept originally came from. And that's really cool. It's recycling, right? And I love it. It's just being good to the environment. <laughs> but if this is true, and I'm really hoping it is, and it sounds like we might be getting some more information 
on what Rocksteady's been working on potentially and what WB Montreal's been working on because there has been a rumor that there's a Batman Court of Owls game being made that would kind of be again more in the mainline Arkham uh, franchise. That would be so cool. Now, for me, I'm guessing that if it's going to be Suicide Squad, if it really is Suicide Squad by Rocksteady, it would be within the Arkham, you know, kind of universe of games. And you kind of have the look of some of those characters down. You already have Deathstroke and Harley Quinn. And you could bring Killer Croc in, you know, characters like that. Deadshot has also been in the games, too. I would, that would be so, so cool. Like, and I, I'm, you guys know us, I'm a big cooperative guy, big co-op guy. I really want that to happen. I really do. I think it would be so cool. I want to be able to fight alongside my friends. And there's been some kind of other interesting news floating about this too. It being potentially a, a games as a service model or maybe kind of one or more like a continuous thing you keep coming back to. So I'm not sure if that means that there's like loot involved and, you know, quest lines that you can repeat or daily quests, things like that potentially, uh, which could be good else could be bad i don't know i think of some games that do really well that i think of like monster hunter where it's just like they just throw up you know a new event for a little bit and then they do a new event and that's about it it's not like you have to go in there every day to do stuff uh i i just think that's so cool i i want it to be true <laughs> i really do uh and the name that's kind of floating around right now which is really interesting because apparently wb was kind of trademarking these names and stuff like that uh or getting these websites was like Suicide Squad kills the Justice League. Again, I don't like to like report too much on rumors, but that would be so cool because I've been getting into like these shows where it's like, what if you took like lower level or people who had no powers and you had them fight people with superpowers? Like, how would they have to kind of think about how to fight someone like Superman? Like, that is such a hard concept to consider. I think it's amazing, and it's not um, unprecedented to have the Suicide Squad fight the Justice League, and one of my favorite, uh, going back to it, one of my favorites, and not the entire Justice League was there for this, but Deathstroke did fight a version of the Justice League by himself once, and he was doing pretty darn good. I believe it was like Flash, uh, Green Arrow, Black Canary... I don't know if Wonder Woman was there. There have been times, too, where Deathstroke has even gotten, like, these, like, god swords and fought and beat up Superman. Deathstroke's also beaten up Batman in hand-to-hand -hand combat, like, a number of times, too, which is excellent. I just love Deathstroke. I just, like, that's the one thing I want so badly. Like, I, like people have probably seen, like, my little Deathstroke video game, which list. if you haven't, you should check it out. But I loved playing as him in Origins and... I just want more of that. I want there to be more depth, but you could do that with him, with Deadshot. Obviously, Harley is somebody that so many people love and would like to see. Killer Croc could be really cool, or if it's not going to be him, King Shark, that's more of a classic Suicide Squad member. But there's plenty of people that could be on the Suicide Squad. They could change him in and out. They could even change how the character um, looks. Like, for instance, I think they changed up the gender of um, Copperhead, who was uh, one of the antagonists you had to fight back in Arkham Origins. And, you know, they did that just to kind of, you know, change up the character and do something different. And Copperhead was such a lesser known character. It, didn't, it wasn't like the Copperhead fans were coming out and like, be like, how dare you? So I think if they could just, you know, make a good group that's interesting, you know, to come back to and play, uh, especially if there's that, you know, cooperative play oh my gosh please i like i want to play these games with my friends that'd be i just like going back to back with one of your buddies playing these types of games is such an appealing notion to me personally and not that you haven't been able to do that in some respects in the past i know there was like a version 
there's like a multiplayer version of um, one of the Arkham games where you could be like Batman and someone else could be Robin and you fight like people who are controlling thugs. It was kind of mercs versus spies a little bit or spies versus mercs from the Splinter Cell games. I think that's so cool. I think it's really cool. I'm like, okay, that'd be, you know, I'm, I'm fine with that. I just, I'd I love more PVE stuff. I don't need it to be, you know, like a big, like I'm my dead shot will beat your, you know, your Harley Quinn or whatever. But also I do think this game, it doesn't need to be this way, but I, I would like it to be rated M. It's problematic if you're going to try to put in like Batman and Superman into a game like that. Not that they, they couldn't do that. Not that they haven't been in that type of thing before, but if it's the suicide squad, and they're, in, they're known for killing people. You know, if you're going to kill and, like, if it's going to be brutal. I don't know. Maybe it'll be T. Maybe it'll be kind of tame. We'll see. I would just, that would be, oh, uh, like, death stroke. Uh, like, so I'll be waiting to hear about this. Knowing my luck, it'll probably be a mobile game. So I'm going to knock on wood there because I'm just, just so nervous because there's always the chance that that could happen. And that would crush me. I'd be like, no, not a... Please don't, don't do this to me. But I just want to know what Rocksteady's working on. And uh, regardless if you are a big Arkham fan or not, uh, there's they're kind of a, a, an interesting studio because they really take that stuff seriously. And whatever they kind of pick to work on next, be it Suicide Squad, and a lot of people wanted Superman, uh, I'm sure it'll be really good. Even though I, I got to say this, I think Suicide Squad is a little more in the wheelhouse for what they do because a Superman game, that's such a tough concept <laughs> just because of his ability to basically solve problems in a way that video games don't normally allow for just like he'd be like oh there's somebody up on the top floor of that building who needs to be saved and you could do that in like five seconds you know <laughs> whereas batman would be like all right i need to like figure out how to fight my way up this building and you know or whatever else uh but just cool concept and i'm i'm also curious too if the suicide suicide squad game is a real thing if this will be open world will each of these characters have different traversal mechanics because Dead or Deathstroke, you know, would move differently, a little more similar to Batman, but like Harley wouldn't use a grapple hook, you know, a King Shark or a Deadshot might not do that. So stuff like that. Uh, I'm, I'm just curious. And I, you know, I would also love it if they're not fighting the Justice League and it was just you play as a team and you have to play it kind of like Ghost Recon and you had to like sneak into places and then you could either try to be stealthy about it or you could just, you know, go in just trying to rip everybody apart. I just want to play Deathstroke, please. Please, Deathstroke's my favorite. He's like my favorite DC anything. Like, he's so cool. Okay, I'm sorry. I just love Deathstroke. Did I say that? Did I mention that I like Deathstroke? I just do. Anyway, uh, because it's just me this week, I kind of wanted to make it kind of a tighter show uh, insofar as the news stuff because I want to move into the next segment of the show, which will probably be a little bit longer in some respects depending on how long I dive into each of these films. But we're moving into that segment that I like to call, that we like to call, Time killers that's right it's time for time killers so time killers it's the games we've been watching the movies we've been viewing the tv shows we've been watching did i say that right i don't know either way what have i been up to basically here's the gist as far as gaming goes i've been playing some more valkyria chronicles 4 which is excellent i really enjoy it a lot of people were asking me today on the stream if i liked it more or less or how to compare it i should say to valkyria chronicles 1 valkyria chronicles 4 is so much like one uh, in a lot of ways, uh, even the music and like how you level up and a lot of the, the style of the game, the presentation is very similar. I really like Valkyria Chronicles 1, so I don't have a problem with that. And as I've told people, I think the two main protagonists from Valkyria Chronicles 1, who are Welkin and Alicia, I really like them a lot. 
but I like the dynamic of the four main characters in Valkyria Chronicles 4, look at that, uh, which is Claude, Riley, Kai, and Raz, more so, even though I don't, Claude, who's kind of the main, he's kind of like the Welkin, the main character, main, main character. I don't really enjoy him as much as Welkin. I think I liked Welkin more. I think it's more because he had such a fun relationship with Alicia, and Alicia's great, but Kai's new waifu, so what are you going to do? Uh, <laughs> anyway, I enjoy some of the new wrinkles that I'm still I'm still getting into in this game because I'm so familiar with how that first game worked and some of the quality of life uh, adjustments they've made. So, for example, in the game, because it's more of... It's a strategy game, and you are given the ability... You kind of take turns, turn-based, and uh, your tanks in the past used to eat up more of your units' um, kind of action points per turn. They used to take up two of them, and you get like a set number every turn. And so it would be kind of frustrating to use a tank a few times in a turn because it would eat up you know, so much of those action points. Well, now, thankfully, they've reduced that down to one, so you can kind of use your tanks a little more liberally, which is excellent. They've also added an APC, which allows you to grab units who might not be able to have the same stamina as a scout class to run across the battlefield or to move them through places where they would get gunned down by people who are on overwatch or interception fire. Move them to a place, uh, which is a pretty common tactic, I guess, uh, and I've used it a few times where you take a shock trooper or two and you basically just drive an APC up to a little enemy encampment and let the shock troopers out. They shoot everybody like right away and then claim a camp and cancel some reinforcements. And it, it's kind of a nice way to just kind of move the game along if you want to go for the sweet A ranks, which weirdly enough, I've gotten like the majority of in this game. So I don't know if the game's just being easier on me or if I've learned from the last game. I don't know. Uh, and then also kind of getting some additional support from a new thing in the game. I don't want to spoil it too much, but uh, something that was definitely not in the last game, something that we can use besides just regular orders, but kind of calling in, you know, radar and mortar fire and things like that. I think that's really interesting. But I've been really enjoying it. I love the the look of the game, the sound of the game. Uh, the voice acting is great. I, I love the characters. And sometimes I guess the biggest detriment is that you kind of have to go through and they kind of have like a little story thing for you and then they'll go back to the book that they show the game on and then it'll be like oh do you want to watch the next story i'm just like yeah like i have to to get to the next point i'm just like just auto play them or just like you know keep going and sometimes there's just so much talking uh that you kind of once you finally get back to a battle which the battles can be very lengthy but uh you're just kind of like all right like you know move it along but again that's more for like a streamer if you're just going to play this alone uh, that's probably not going to be an issue for you. And it's such a great game to just, it's what I consider to be kind of a hot chocolate cozy game that and civilization six, uh, dang, there was another one. There was a third one that I was like, Oh, I should make like a video about these. It's just like games you can just play. It's just kind of like warm and fuzzy and stuff. Not that the game doesn't tackle sad and emotional things in war. It totally does. And it runs parallel to the first game, uh, just from a different um, kind of army's perspective but I just I, I don't know it's just such a wonderful game I just I, I really enjoy it it's cool uh, even if sometimes it's frustrating with the RNG and you miss a shot and you're like no it's not as like frustrating as like a darkest dungeon or XCOM it's not as brutal as that no by no means that you can abuse this system a lot more but it's a fun game I really like it and uh, a little bit of Gears. We're trying to wrap up Gears 4 and get into Gears 5. Uh, my sister Katie, who was on streaming recently, she played a little bit of the intro of Gears 5. Great games. I enjoy them still. And, oh, I, <laughs> for Joe's birthday, I played a week, not every day, but of Call of Duty Warzone. I doubt Joe's going to watch this. 
uh doesn't maybe he will who knows it's not that it's horrible uh so we i played two modes mainly uh we dove into one match of like the team death match um kind of comparison there but people were literally the the place that um they spawn you in on was just it was we had a horrible place they spawned us in on some storage units uh and this little area that people just had to fight in and people were literally like like parachuting down and dying immediately but the three modes that we that I tried out this week, and this is on the free-to-play Call of Duty that you can like anybody can download, is that team deathmatch, which takes a piece of the battle royale map and says like, all right, here's the circle, you have to fight within the circle. And again, like I said, that storage map it was just ridiculous. People were just running and dying. Uh, then we played the battle royale itself, which is your classic battle royale, and it was just you know the kind of the fog creeping in or whatever, and you have to get to the center. Some reutilized things I recognized from Blackout, I'm pretty sure, as far as like the dam and stuff, I was like looking at areas, I'm like, yeah, I'm pretty sure this was in the last one, but it's Battle Royale, uh, I'm not a huge fan of that type of gameplay, that's just me, I find it to be very stressful, but the mode that my friends seem to be playing a lot of is Plunder. Now in Plunder, what you do is you go around and you collect cash, and you have cash on you, and what your goal is to keep that cash on you and extract it so once you get enough cash or however much you like want to have you will call in helicopters at certain areas or maybe you'll get a little item to you know fill up a little bit to send it away and that cash is banked for you so you cannot lose it anymore however like uh if you if i had you know a hundred thousand dollars on me and you you know took me down uh i would i might lose twenty thousand of that or twenty five thousand of that and then i would i could respawn which is nice in this game mode that you can respawn and then like that cash i either have to get that person or just like try to save my money and like your the goal at the end is to have the most money as a team banked but also on your person i believe as well so there's kind of this kind of like sometimes if you're doing really well and you can do like these little contracts or these little kind of pve-ish type things within the game where you're not necessarily fighting people where you're just trying to get more money that's an option or you can just fight people the whole time that is another option uh it's you know, pretty stressful, I still think. I, it was a little more interesting, I guess, in some respects than the Battle Royale, but it also, while it promoted some teamwork, it didn't really promote it in the way I wanted it to. But again, when I look for cooperative stuff, I think uh, I always kind of fall back on like Evolve or Monster Hunter, where it's like you have you have a group who has a common goal of like kill that thing. Like that's the one thing that matters. Whereas in this game, there's like a lot of differing opinions and people you know want to play it safe or some people want to run around and just kind of collect everything. And yeah, it's uh, just not for me. Uh, but I did it. I did it. it. Was my birthday present to him. I'm like, I'll play this with you for like a week, and there it goes. And you know what? I'm it just feels like a hamster wheel. And I know because I've played games like that, like League of Legends or Here's the Storm. I enjoyed those things. I have still enjoyed them. I will probably enjoy Pokemon Unite a little bit too. There's just no like real progression for me. Uh, even though people who play those games like to get the different costumes and the different guns and the different attachments, all those types of things. It just, to me, I'm like, that That doesn't like, it doesn't really do it for me. Uh, yeah, and I like to just, I like to move on to things. I'm just like, it's almost like I told someone recently, it's like reading books, like, I just want to like finish the book and then move, go to the next book and just kind of that's kind of my mentality nowadays because I just want to see more. I want to see, you know, all these different types of things. But, you know, for people who want to just have that kind of consistent kind of fun, and it sounds like a lot of people are playing Warzone and having a lot of fun with it, uh, playing the Battle Royale, or playing Plunder, things like that. Good on you. Good on you. Keep playing. Uh, it kind of made me want to play original just Team Deathmatch on the most recent Call of Duty because I was like, sometimes I just 
like to play regular team deathmatch. But the team deathmatch in this game, I was like, no, there's it's too many people just running straight because it's a circle and they're just running straight into area. And like I said, it's just a random chunk of the battle royale map. That's nah, not for me. That's not for me. I will say this though, the ability to respawn in a battle royale because of your own skill is pretty cool. So what happens is the first time you get knocked out in battle royale, you get sent to a, this place called the Gulag and you get to go one-on-one -on -one against somebody else in a little arena thing. And if you are victorious, you can actually uh, come back, You're, you respawn automatically. And one thing that happened with our team is that all three of my teammates wiped and they told me where to go and I got the Kingmaker contract and I was able to uh, survive long enough and get them back. And I felt really good about that. So I was like, oh, I brought you all back. So it was like a moment for me where I didn't necessarily do some sort of heroic feat of destroying and like annihilating a whole team or something or multiple teams. But I lived long enough to bring them back and I was like, yeah, there we go. So, yeah, it was all right. Anyway, I want to talk about two films here today. Uh, we'll start with the first one that I haven't gotten all the way through, but I have seen it in the past. I was watching, rewatching uh, Saving Mr. Banks, which is on Disney+. Plus. Both these films are. Uh, I'm not sponsored by them, but Disney, if you'd like to sponsor me, well, it's not going to matter. I'm going to be in your films one day. Anyway, we're going to have so much fun together because uh, I love Disney stuff. You know, I mean, look at me. Uh, anyway, uh, as I gesture to my Space Mountain shirt, for people who are just listening to this, I have a Space Mountain shirt on. Okay, there you go. Uh, anyway, Saving Mr. Banks uh, tells the story of P.L. Travers going to, after apparently like 20 years of this, um, finally caving in a little bit to Walt Disney's demands way back in the 60s, I believe, and eventually making 60s or 50s, somewhere, no, it's 60s. Yeah, 60s, making uh, Mary Poppins, like the actual live action Mary Poppins, and kind of showcasing it, like the process of making that, her working with the Sherman Brothers, with her meeting and working with Walt Disney himself. Uh, Emma Thompson plays P.L. Travers, who is the, the main like author of Mary Poppins, and the thing for her is that Mary Poppins and the, the Banks family are family to her, and uh, Walt's like, yeah, I totally get that. That's how, you know, Mickey Mouse basically is to him. Uh, and he kind of, he doesn't say that to her. He says that to um, to one of the Sherman brothers, I guess. And they do a decent job of recreating some of that stuff. I think it's, it's a period piece, so keep that in mind. Uh, but I really enjoy seeing that era. Uh, there's something fascinating to a, a Disney fan such as myself to see that stuff covered. And I think because I'm a little bit older now and I, I'm more inclined to enjoy those types of things for some odd reason. I don't know, documentaries have really sparked my interest recently. I, I just need to get out more, um, but I can't. Anyway, uh, we all know why. It's, it's the world, you know, it's, it's nuts. Uh, <laughs> one day though. Anyway, so uh, I I like the, the look of a period piece that's done really well. And this is so cool to see them actually on at the Disney Studios uh, it seems like anyway, filming there and how a lot of that hasn't necessarily changed or how they kind of retrofitted it to make it look that way and kind of the process, presumably, of how that went down. And maybe that, you know, they usually take a lot of um, or they'll take some liberties with some of these movies when they're doing kind of a, a biography or, uh, you know, a biopic or something where they, you know, it's more interesting as a film to do it one way or another. And I always wonder about how frustrating or cool that is for the, the subjects who usually when they're making films like this, it's not about people who are still living. Uh, but Emma Thompson, like I said, plays P.L. Travers. But the one that's interesting to me is Tom Hanks as Walt Disney. I don't think 
like he does such a great job with it uh, tom hanks is no the thing with tom hanks he's so well known for me it's hard like when he does that or he does um, mr rogers to not see tom hanks but i still give him so much credit for you know doing it and doing it probably better than anybody else could because i would not want to attempt to portray walt disney especially in uh his twilight years uh especially when he was um really starting to struggle um kind of secretly with his own lung cancer and just trying to make sure that um his his legacy you know or like it, things would continue and he was just like i'm just gonna keep going kind of you know day to day and that, that's kind of the deal it's fascinating uh but so if anybody's interested in that it kind of tells that story and also kind of consistently jumps back almost like the, the show arrow back to like uh oh like when peel travers was little and she lived in australia and like you know her upbringing and colin farrell plays her dad who's this kind of um who's back in like 1906 or something it's a while ago um and so obviously there's a jump between that and now and like the 60s but uh he's this like very imaginative guy and she's you know his daughter and she just thinks the world of him but he has like three daughters and a wife who's like hey you got to get it together and he keeps losing his jobs and he kind of turns to drinking and it's this kind of like it's it's tragic it's this kind of obviously kind of bittersweet story about her upbringing uh, back in australia which plays a key role in um you know her creation of those characters that many many people love and for a film that was very groundbreaking um you know for just live action but also uh you know musical and animation and all this stuff it's just mary poppins is a crazy film like it's it's nuts uh and that's why i think it, it gained so much acclaim and uh is still such a beloved film to this day and i'll be honest with you guys i'm not I'm necessarily a huge mary poppins fan uh when they announced that that land was going in as a portion or a part of um the united kingdom pavilion in epcot i was like that's great uh you know put a dark ride in or put an attraction of some kind in there that's wonderful uh maybe i wonder if they'd reutilize any of those animatronics from the great movie ride has anybody thought of that i'm sure they have i don't know it's also like has anybody thought that like the wind from pocahontas is also very similar to the wind in frozen 2 like the wind spirit Are they the same probably not right anyway it's just wind with leaves right anyway okay uh people are like it's more than that but I'm not the biggest fan of that sort of thing, but the the conception of it, the backstory of it is really fascinating to me. And if you guys are interested, there's also now finally on there um, on uh, Disney Plus, there is the documentary kind of going over the Sherman brothers, the guys who were behind the music for Mary Poppins. Um, the like it's a small world, uh, great big, beautiful tomorrow. Um, a lot of Disney park songs and films. And this, this, um, these two brothers, and it kind of shows their um, history, and they're in this movie, and it's not, you know, they're not really the focal point at all. They're some of the main characters, but it's, uh, they're not, you know, at the forefront the same way Peel Travers and Walt Disney are. But if you have the chance to go check out that um, that video, which I need to like, I should look it up really quickly because I wanted to be like, okay, you should check this out um, because it would not be good if I didn't. See, is it really just called that? It's called The Boys, the Sherman Brothers story, because I think of like The Boys, which is the Amazon one, and I was like, eh, it's not the same. Uh, so check out The Boys, the Sherman Brothers story if you're interested in kind of even more of a deep dive. So if you like Mary Poppins, then you can watch Saving Mr. Banks. That's like the that's the first dive, and then if you want to go even deeper, that's like a true 
documentary and like told from their perspective not actors it's it's like them it is them and like them over the years and how uh, a lot of that stuff it seems like it's just so hunky dory and peachy keen but it is not and it's just like oh my gosh but i appreciate the honesty it's good i like it but anyway that's what i was watching also also uh i did watch artemis fowl now i remember reading this book as a kid I think the first one, maybe the second one. I don't know if I read more than one. I have to ask my mom about this. My mom has a, a, a doctorate in English, so she kind of was like forcing books on me all the time. She's like, read this, read this, read this. I'm like, all right, okay. But uh, Artemis Fowl, it's on Disney Plus now. It was a movie that was supposed to come out in theaters, but eventually because of the pandemic was moved to the streaming service of Disney Plus, which I think is probably a better place for it. I think people would have been, or I, I'm not sure. I don't want to say it would have done poorly. I think a lot of people speculate that it would have we can't we can't know uh it kind of reminds me of it kind of goes in that same category though of films that i enjoy that disney has made that like a lot of people it's it's too middle ground for people like tomorrowland or tron legacy now that's not to say those movies aren't great especially you know there's probably like tron legacy fans out there like how dare you tron legacy looks great the soundtrack is is wonderful it's all great but it's one of those films um like those ones where it's kind of like it kind of, maybe not Tron as much, but Tomorrowland was this way where it's kind of like, it's it's for kids, but it's also for adults. And like, it's got like this kind of interesting, serious, um, like supposedly serious kind of narrative throughout, but also there's kind of like the jokes in there. And it, it, it kind of is trying to play for everyone. And because of that, it kind of, it almost loses all audiences because it tries to play in a sense to all audiences. Uh, it was, it's, hmm. I liked it for what it was, but again, I don't remember. They probably, I think they probably changed a lot from what it originally was because the, like the concept is Artemis Fowl is a 12 year old criminal mastermind. And that right there to me is such a fantastic concept, but it's hard to sell that as like a kid's movie where you're like, all right, your main character is like the bad guy and he's cool. Like he's the cool bad guy. So I think that's a that's an uphill battle, but it's um, done by Kenneth Branagh, um, who did uh, the original Thor. You guys might remember him. There is a lot of great visuals in this. You got Judy Dench in there, Josh Gad's in there, uh, Colin Farrell again, which I was like, man, I'm seeing Colin Farrell in all these Disney movies. Uh, Colin Farrell is great. I, I think Colin Farrell is just good in general. But I think if you have a chance, maybe check it out, especially if you've got kids uh, of the age between maybe like 9 and 13, they might really enjoy this. And for anybody who read the book way back in the day, again, I haven't read it in a long time, so it might not be a very faithful adaptation. It is obviously it, it's the classic kind of like beginning of a franchise starter type of thing. And I I think in the future, if they ever made other ones, it would they would go right to Disney Plus. I don't think unless the metrics were like crazy good that they could release this into theaters. But I think this was. It, it was kind of in, in the movie's favor because more people will get to see it this way too. Maybe more people will see it and they wouldn't have taken the chance or brought the kids to the theater to see it, but hopefully people see it and people enjoy it. But it's on there. So I'd be really interested to know for anyone who has Disney Plus who has either seen Saving Mr. Banks or Artemis Fowl or both uh, to let me know what you think about those because I want to hear what you think about it too. Uh, and for someone who's trying to get into uh, filmmaking, acting and producing all that stuff, I 
I try to I see I try to see all the you know the merits and the faults and everything and also just remember that it takes a long time to make these things and for so long I was that guy who just kind of would slap a number on a thing and be like move on to the next thing but uh, I'm trying to be a little more nuanced now try to be a little more um, descriptive in my analysis of things and hopefully in a sense you can kind of get that um, but for again back to Art of Swallow just briefly it's it's kind of this weird marriage of like it almost wants to be kind of super spyish kind of but it also takes place in this beautiful like almost like mystic manor type home this crazy mansion thing uh mystic manor by the way is um i think it's it's one of it's, i don't know if it's in hong kong or shanghai i think it's hong kong uh disneyland's like kind of haunted mansion i might be wrong on that i'm gonna check that right now because if i'm a disney person and i don't know this then people are going to it will not be good and people will be like um it's in hong kong right yes i did it um uh but it has to deal with like a bunch of kind of mythical creatures and things like that too. So it's got a kind of Chronicles of Narnia vibe in a little bit of a sense, but also like technology Tron-ish kind of stuff too. So it's like the marriages of those two things a little bit. Um, so keep that in mind. Um, yeah. And they even make <laughs> Judy Dench and Josh Gad both kind of like have characters that kind of like mumble growl the whole time. And Josh Gad's character even makes a joke about it. There is a terrifying thing that his character, Josh's character, does that I was not ready for. And um, it will haunt me. So if you see it, let me know. Um, yeah, that's... Yeah. Anyway, uh, okay. We're moving finally into the last segment of the show. My personal favorite, which is community feedback and questions. Oh my gosh, I love this segment. Why do I love it so much? Because I get to hear from you guys. And that is so much fun for me. I'm glad that somebody's listening. Um, it's, it's good. Um... Anywho, let's start at the very beginning. Uh, it's a very good place to start. See, uh, it's not Mary Poppins, but still, um, it's good. It's a good movie. Anywho, uh, let's move on here. So our first question comes in. It's a little bit detailed. This one comes in from Caden because I said to anybody or Zora Caviar over on uh, Twitter, I said, just people just write in about anything. I'll, I won't talk about anything. He says, baby koalas eat their mother's poop to obtain the microorganisms their gut needs to digest the toxic eucalyptus leaves. Leaves have low nutrient values, so the koala doesn't get much energy from it, and it has a small brain to conserve energy. Why? I don't understand. That last little bit was all in caps. Why? You don't understand? Nature. Zora, I actually looked into this, and I watched a little video on it. It is, and they, there was footage. Um, I was like, oh my gosh, okay, I did not know this. <laughs> So yeah, uh, all that stuff is totally true. Kind of freaky. I think it has to maybe one of the main reasons too is a defensive thing. I didn't I didn't see this. It's just kind of a guess, but koalas don't. I don't think they have the greatest defensive capabilities, um, and they kind of are up in the trees all the time. So if the baby koala can actually hang off the mom and and get nutrients one way or another which apparently they can actually suckle from inside the pouch of the koala which i did not know that was the thing too but it makes sense it's a mammal but uh so to prevent it from having to get on the ground um any more than they have to maybe that's one of the reasons why i it's nuts uh for any of our koala enthusiasts out there you probably already knew that i didn't so we like to talk about animals here once in a while too so like why why not talk about that that's just Oh my gosh. Anyway, uh, it's just like, um, no, thank you. Uh, this one comes in from Missile Mage, who's always writing in. Thank you so much, Andrew. Appreciate that. He says, going back and replaying games you've already beaten can often be a bit 
of a commitment. However, there are several games that I can just load up an old save file of in and just play for a couple of hours because the gameplay loop is so fun. Do you have any games like that? For me, Missile Mage, I was thinking about this. That's how I used to feel about Spider-Man 2 back in the day. And there's been times where I've almost rebooted up Spider-Man for PlayStation 4. Uh, or Just Cause 3 more so. I've done it in Just Cause 4 a little bit too. For me, what I love doing in those games that have such fun traversal mechanics is that sometimes I just get lost doing that. Because it just feels so good to, like with Spider-Man, to swing and just let go. And then fall. And then, you know, hit another building and then swing again. That is so cathartic. Or with... And it's pretty similar, I guess, now that I think about it, to Just Cause, where you have the wingsuit, and you have the wingsuit, and you're flying, or you use the grapple to go up in a wingsuit, and then when you have to get, you know, more speed or more height, you have to use the grapple again to kind of pull you along. And there's something just, like, so much fun about that. I remember, I think it was Just Cause 3? I got, like, 20 minutes of worth, and I think it was streaming, and I was talking to people, but just, like, flying. I was just flying for just a while, and I was like, ah, I hit 20 minutes, cool. Uh, and that was just like, and just like the little leaderboard thing. It's like, oh, you're doing the best or whatever. Maybe it was four. I don't know. But, uh, yeah, I, those types of games, usually RPGs, not as much. Uh, for instance, I jumped back into division two a few weeks ago and I like looked around and was like, all right, the raid, they want you to be level 30. I'm level 28. Nobody's playing this game that I know of. I think I beat most of the main stuff. And then I just logged out immediately. <laughs> it's like, no, I'm not. I'm like, I don't want to just run through this kind of sad world right now. Uh, but yeah, those ones, for the most part, I think it, obviously, it's more like open world games and RPGs that you can kind of go back to, and in RPGs, you might just be like, oh, my my characters are like endgame level power, and I'm just going to go play around. Uh, Darksiders 2 was a little bit that way for me, or I kind of still go back in, and I would just, I would do this in Pokemon as well, where, you know, I'd go hunting one day for just all the legendaries, but in Darksiders, I'd be like, all right, where are these bosses that I haven't fought? And some of the bosses would be kind of tough and then other bosses would be just like a cakewalk and I was like oh if I came here when I was like level eight this would have been a problem but later on I'm just like yeah I just you just watch their health bar just like down and you're like yeah crushed them uh, and just being in that world uh as a fully almost a fully realized horseman that's yeah man Darksiders 2 Ugh. so good man god just make another Darksiders like that that'd be that's what I would like that's just me uh, but great question, though. Uh, I'm not going to answer for Joe. But, uh, yeah, he not. I don't know if he would have a game so much like that. I, I think that's for him. And I was talking to a friend about this the other day. He enjoys games that you can... you kind of. It's the moment-to-moment -moment things that really excite him. It's not so much about like the eventual payoff. Um, and that's why I think things like Monster Hunter still work. Because it's moment-to-moment -moment cool things. And those um, incremental moments where you'll chop off a tail or break a horn that feel kind of rewarding but he also likes that kind of rush of like you know you, you kill a guy and you kill another guy and you barely survived you know that for him i think is more rewarding and i for for the most part i don't know if he would have any games to kind of attest to here um yeah that's um that's good oh and the last one and i'll probably bring it up later too pokemon snap i just like going back in there and just taking pictures just chilling to the music it's so good this one comes in from Ryan's Fault on Discord. Ryan, thank you so much. He says, hey, Jimmy, what is one franchise that you would like to see change genres? An offshoot of sorts. He says, I would personally love Soulsborne Cart. And then in parentheses, first question, will get better in the future? Ryan, that's a great question. Soulsborne Cart. Wow. Would it be, I bet that'd be the hardest racing game of all time. 
I think of games recently that did change genre or change just one thing. Um, my, my favorite example more recently has been Gears Tactics. Uh, so Gears of War, a third-person shooter that's pretty violent. Uh, it's switching over to an XCOM-like strategy game, which, you know, on the surface is kind of like, well, it kind of slows it down and you kind of lose the cadence of the fights. It's still pretty quick, and uh, they allow you to do a lot in that game. I think that that's a really fun, uh, faithful adaptation. One thing I would love to see, though, and I think I mentioned this the other day. Uh, I don't know who I was talking to about this. I would love to see a Zelda uh, Fire Emblem. I would love to see that world in like a turn style based strategy game. And there's probably one out there that I've never heard of that's really like specified or whatnot. But I think that would be really fun and really cool. I am not the biggest Zelda fan on the planet. Breath of the Wild is my favorite Zelda game. I played through that like almost all of Wind Waker and Ocarina of Time, but um, Breath of the Wild is like my favorite. But I just think it'd be so cool to just have, you know, Link as your, your kind of your sword and board guy. You got Zelda with magic. Um, maybe you team him up with Ganondorf or something like that. Or you have, there's plenty of other people, the, the Zora, the Goron, things like that, which would be really cool. Uh, that's one that I can think of. Mm, that might be the best one. Uh, for some reason, I like the idea of a lot of like these tactic type games. I think it's just, it's cool to take a thing that's so fluid and then just kind of slow it down and then just kind of like really appreciate it more. Uh, that's kind of, maybe that's my idea. That's my one franchise. We'll, we'll go with that. I'm sorry. I only get one franchise. He says, what is one franchise? I can't, I can't just go on and on about this. All right. And then that'd be too much. Anyway, this one comes in from Jalen Brown. Hey Jay, how you doing buddy? He says, if you could go back and re-experience any three games for the first time, which three would they be? He says mine would have to be Minecraft, Super Smash Brothers Melee, and Halo 1. Wow, those are all great. Uh, I've I briefly skimmed over this before, and I thought he was suggesting those ones, or he was saying, like, what if you could go back and play those ones? I'd be like, some of those, sure, but... Uh... Oh, man, there's a few Mindbreakers. They're kind of Nintendo. If I could go back um, for the first time... And you know what? I might tweak the question just a little, uh, just because if I say, like, to play... If you play Super Smash Bros. Melee now, you'd be like, well, you know, we have Brawl and the Wii U one, and, you know, things like that, and Ultimate. Uh, if I could, like, erase all of them back to the first, that first time, I think Super Smash Bros. 64, because that game, as I, as you guys saw when I was, you know, I had my mom on the show... Uh, that's like a game I was obsessed with. Uh, it, w it got to a point where I was telling people that like I wanted to pile drive my problems because that's what Kirby did. Kirby would grab people and his up would he grab it and pile drive. And that was called pile driver. I was like, that's so cool. Uh, so maybe that first Super Smash Brothers. Um, I think another one too. I don't know if it would be Pokemon Blue um, or like Pokemon Silver for me. Silver. Hmm. I, I could be wrong about this. Silver dominated my mind even in a different way than Pokemon Blue because with Blue that was like oh my gosh like this is this is insanity this is amazing but Silver came along and Silver is like hey there's a day night cycle and I was like what like I was making like I don't know if I was making excuses and stuff but I was telling people like hey I can't like I can't hang out right now it's nighttime and I don't have a lot of time to stay up because you know I have a bedtime and I I only have so much time I can go find these Pokemon and that was so cool to me. And I remember just playing it all the time, wherever I was. And if I could go back and play one of those games again, maybe it'd be silver for the first time. But again, if I could go back and like to experience blue or just never experience Pokemon game and then experience silver, I'd be like, ah, 
Like, um, yeah, that's that'd be so cool. I love that you put Halo 1 in there. Um, I don't know if it'd be a shooter for me as much. Because I'm not just going to say Pokemon Snap. Because Pokemon Snap's amazing. But um, I said I was going to bring it up again, though. So it was going to be Pokemon Snap. And then I kind of used Pokemon, you know, silver or blue for that. Um, I got to take a strong stance. Pokemon Silver. All right, there we go. Day-night cycle. And then all of Kanto, spoiler alert, is at the end of that game. So, ah, insanity. Uh, I think for me... If I could go back and do like maybe Gears 2 or, you know, something like that again for the first time. And because it really established my love for that that franchise. And I remember, again, seeing Gears 1 at a friend's house and thinking like, well, this game looks creepy and weird and I don't like it. And then getting into it and kind of disassociating that franchise with just my friend, uh, but associating with my family and just loving that game. And still loving that franchise and getting to just play through all of it recently. And I'm just like, yeah, this is still like amazing. So... I guess uh, in in that kind of the wrap up there, I would have to say Super Smash Brothers on sixty four because that game was insane to me. Uh, Pokemon Silver, yeah, Pokemon Silver. Fine, just commit to it. Ah, okay, it's so hard. Uh, it's like I don't. And Gears of War two, yeah, because Gears of War two is like, like just like wow. And even replaying that recently, Gears of War two, I can finally definitively say is my favorite campaign out of all of them. It's just, that game is just, it's just firing on all cylinders. It's just, you're in one place, you're in another place. This is just like these different settings and different um, <laughs> set pieces. And it's like, oh, like a, there's a downed raven over there. You gotta go help him. And like, oh no, like they, you couldn't save him. Or like, you're about to die, but a centaur shows up and like saves you. And there's just like this kind of cool war effort that's going on. I love it so much. It's just, you feel like you're part, you're one of the, the gears, you know? in the cog, like the, the war machine, the cog or the gear in the war machine. I don't know, you know, metaphors. Anywho, uh, yeah, those, man, thank you so much guys for writing in those questions. I really appreciate it. You know, when I start these ones up, when I do them by myself, I worry a little bit where I'm like, am I gonna be able to talk for a while? And here we are, we're like 50 minutes in. I got it. Uh, <laughs> I got the gift for Gab, they say. But I appreciate you guys writing in. If you ever do want to write in, write in a topic for me to cover or for a group to cover. If you have a guest that you have an idea for to be on the show, um, please, you know, tweet at them, tweet at me at the same time and we can try to get something happening or a movie or a game or something specific. I, like I said, more recently I've been kind of, we've been moving to just doing like one movie per show because I think it kind of is a little more something that's a little more timeless that you can come back to. Whereas the news shows uh, they're kind of fun in that time, but then, that you like you're not going to come back to it maybe necessarily but i hope you guys gathered a little bit of both from this episode that's the hope anyway uh but yeah tweet the hashtag critical podcast you can do that at me personally i'm a jimmy good zero one three or you can tweet at our official account which is at go critical that is at g-o-c-r-i-t-i-c-a-l on twitter or you can hit me up in the Discord. We have we have a Discord. If you guys ever want to join it, please never hesitate to comment, and we'll we'll let you in. Uh, we have a, a Discord like a tab within it for podcast questions specifically, and I, I love to hear from you guys. Also, uh, we like I kind of alluded to earlier. I do stream on Twitch a couple times a week, usually more than that. Uh, usually in the afternoons, but I'm I'm totally fine streaming anytime. Like if someone in Discord's like, hey man, it'd be really cool if you stream tonight or, or whatever else, and I hadn't streamed that day earlier. Uh, I'm, there's such a higher chance that I'll show up. 
Uh, and Katie has dropped by a few times. Katie actually might be getting into this a little bit, maybe. We'll see. I make no promises. But she is really interested, and so we're going to, you know, try to get all that stuff set up. So that way, maybe there'll be just more streams, more stuff for you guys, and more bang for your buck um, for those of you who are supporting us on Twitch. You don't need to do that, but I really appreciate the subscriptions, even with the free ones you get through Amazon Prime. That stuff means a lot. Thank you. Uh, and last but not least, if you want to support us, there's lots of ways you can do that besides Twitch, besides here, um, sharing us with friends, um, you know, doing all the YouTube stuff. You guys are so smart. You you know what I'm talking about. Or if you are listening to us uh, early through our Patreon, uh, then that's uh, I appreciate that, too. Our conscripts, our five dollar up uh, patrons get this. Uh, usually it's like a day early, typically. Um, and I, I just appreciate that. I'm glad that people want that sort of thing. But we are now, I'm slowly getting all of these on to Spotify and to iTunes and a bunch of different places. So if you do hear of us for the first time uh, from something other than YouTube, more than 200 episodes in, and I'm finally figuring this out, uh, please let me know. I would just love to just you know, tweet at me, put it in the comments if you can find it back, like find the YouTube video. But if you listen to us on Spotify uh, or anything like that, please let me know uh, how it sounds, if you like the show. If you have any ideas for the show, and I am all about trying to uh, get as much of a dialogue going on as possible. So never hesitate to write in with a thought or a feeling, even if it's not something um, like a, a question. If you just like, if you just want to come in with like an opinion, be like, hey, you know, I just played this thing and this is how I feel about it. I want your voice to matter because it does. It really does. And uh, this is a place where that can happen. So, uh, yeah. And plus, like, I... I wanted to make a, a thing that people enjoy and uh, get the same kind of kick out of how I used to feel when I would kind of submit to another show and they would read my question. I'm like, oh my God, this you know, like that kind of stuff uh, really used to excite me. And uh, now it's just like, I'm just on the other end of it. So please write in if you have anything. Um, but I love the feedback. Uh, constructive criticism is good. I need that too all the time. But thank you guys so much for tuning in to this show. I hope you're staying safe. I hope you're, um, you know, still indulging in the things you love from a distance and so far as like entertainment, but also, you know, connecting with family and all that stuff. But uh, never hesitate to reach out because, um, you know, that's what open lines of communication. That's what I'm all about. I'm about bringing people together, connecting people. It's good. It's a good thing. Uh, anyway, I appreciate you guys so much. Uh, and again, for all that support stuff, you don't have to do any of that. This stuff is always going to be free for everybody. Um, so uh, never worry about that sort of stuff. So thank you so much for tuning into the show. I appreciate it greatly. Love and hugs to all of you. And until next time, just remember to adapt and overcome. Bye-bye. All right, solo show. Woo, all right, that was a good, good warm-up. Let's do this for real now. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Oh, that'd be too much. <laughs> <laughs>